Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Bill Martinez Live, a program about current events, our culture, our values, our politics, and our future. And now, Bill Martinez. You better stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going on. Six minutes after the top of the hour, Bill Martinez with you. Good to have you with us. Uh, we're going to be talking with uh, Todd Coconato in just a moment. He's the president of the Religious Liberties Coalition, a nonprofit national coalition of pastors and ministry leaders. He's the founder of Remnant News, a Christian news publication. We're going to talk about his story, incredible story. Um, and it, it sounds very much like a near-death experience after he was stabbed nine times and met God who gave him an urgent message. Todd, welcome to the show. Good to have you with us. Hey, Bill. Good morning. Great to be with you, sir. Hey, uh, did I get that right about, uh, I I guess some would uh, describe this as a near-death experience, what you uh, experienced? Yes, it was an absolute Damascus Road encounter for me. It changed my life. I'll never forget what God did in sparing my life after being stabbed nine times. I was in Granada Hills, California, and Mm -hmm. uh, it's quite the story. Quite the story. If you want me to get into it, yeah. Yeah, no, no. Tell tell us about it. I mean, I'm familiar with Granada Hills, and uh, you know, so I, I grew up in Southern California and worked in okay. uh, LA radio, so not that far away. So uh, yeah. go ahead and tell tell us what happened. Well, so I was a child actor in Hollywood. Actually, my parents got me involved in acting from about the age of eight, and I was an actor all the way to about sixteen. Uh, when I told my mom, I said, you know, I, I was a working actor, too, which, by the way, you know, in Hollywood, that's a big deal. Uh, so I was right. on shows like Jake and the Fat Man, Fat Man and uh, Who's the Boss, General Hospital, uh, shows like that where I would have recurring guest roles. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that was my life in Hollywood. And then, you know, I got involved. See, that's, that's, see, that's what happens when you're blessed with such stunning good looks, you know. You, yeah. you get cast for all these things, right? <laughs> well, man, thank you. I appreciate that. I think it's, you know, really what it is is you have a good agent, good manager. And I did. Yeah. I had a really good agent, good manager. But so I did that till about 16. Then I told my mom, I said, you know, I want to go to regular high school. I don't want to be going to school on the set all the time. And so she mm-hmm. said, you know, sure, you can do that. So, but I stayed hanging out with the people that I had met in Hollywood. And I knew a lot of the people that if I mentioned their names, everybody would know who I was talking about, you know, a lot of the young Hollywood actors at the time. And so, uh, you know, I continued to party. I was, you know, caught up in the world, the club scene in L.A. L.A. has a pretty uh, extensive club scene, underground scene. And so I got involved in drugs and alcohol, promiscuous lifestyle. And then what happened was I was doing that till about 22 years old when my mom and dad invited me to go to uh, a retreat out in Hawaii. It was a four-square mm. retreat. And so I went right. out there, and they said, all you got to do is go to, like, one meeting, and the rest of the time you can hang out in Hawaii. So I was living with my girlfriend at the time and, you know, living that lifestyle that I just mentioned. And yeah. so went out there and actually had an encounter with God at that, at that retreat. And so instead mm. of going to one meeting, I went to, like, every meeting that was going on there, and uh, came back, told my girlfriend, I said, I was in Hawaii and I got saved. She's like, what does that mean? You know, I said, well, I think <laughs> it means we got to stop living together. And, uh, right. you know, it's going to be a big change in my life. So for about two years, I was in what I call Christian limbo. You know, I came out of this Hollywood lifestyle. All of a sudden, I'm in a very conservative Christian church and just kind of, you know, was trying to find some friends, but it was totally foreign to me. People kind of looked at me like I was crazy. I looked at them like they were crazy. And so I would stand in the foyer, Bill, in the church, and just see if anybody would even come up and talk to me. And for two years, it was like the only people that really talked to me were the greeters. So it was, it was hard. And I think yeah. I, I relate to this because a lot of people that come out of a worldly lifestyle and start going to church, sometimes it's hard to make Christian friends. 
And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, I had my friends from the world, but I didn't have a lot of Christian friends. So what ended up happening was I went back to one of my old friends, and that was what happened was that night in Granada Hills, I was getting out of the gym, and I was lonely. And, uh, you know, one of my friends from my past lifestyle called me, and they said, hey, why don't you come by? And I said, okay, I'll come by. So I go to go over there, and while I'm walking in this apartment complex, I'll never forget what happened. There was a guy, I think he was on crystal meth or some type of really hard drugs. He ran out of this apartment with a kitchen knife, and he proceeded to stab me. I didn't even know he was coming, you know, and just out of nowhere wow. started stabbing me. First one was in the heart, and then he stabbed me eight more times. So I total of nine stabs. Then I'm on the ground. I'm basically, it's like a movie scene. You know, I'm on the ground mm-hmm. dying. I pull up my sweatshirt, and I tell him, bro, you're going to kill me. And something happened where he sobered up. And he actually picked me up, the guy that stabbed me, and the girl that he was with, and they put me in my car. It was an SUV. I'm in the middle mm-hmm. seat. I got the guy driving in the front seat that stabbed me and his girlfriend. Oh, and wow. it's wild. So here's the, here's the thing. On the way to the hospital, um, I went into the presence of the Lord. I got tunnel vision. I really believed that I was dying, Bill. And uh, I go into the presence of God. It was like a white, you know, I can't explain it. The tunnel vision into like a white light. And I heard the voice of the Lord say, do you want to live or do you want to die? And I said, well, I want to live. He says, well, if you live, you got to do two things. You got to be on fire for me for the rest of your life. And you got to tell people that I'm real. And so it was kind of like Isaiah chapter six in the Bible, where he saw the Lord seat on the throne, the train of his robe, fill the temple, you know, all Isaiah could do because he was undone would say, send yes. me, I'll go. You know, when you're in the presence mm-hmm. of God, I mean, what else do you say? So I say, yes, Lord, you know, I, I'll tell people what, that. Like, so when I said Yeah, that, the first yes, part of the thing comes in is that you're not worthy. It's like, you know, I'm a man of unclean yeah. lips, right? Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly how Isaiah felt and exactly how I felt. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I wake up and I'm in the hospital in Granada Hills. Now, this hospital was just about to close down. It was in Mothballs. And it, there was only a skeleton staff, and now it's a, it's a uh, school. So if I would have not been able to go to that hospital, which was literally about to close in a week or two, and the next hospital was Northridge Hospital, I would have died. So it was bled a out. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Wow. So, um, you know, so here I am in the hospital, and I wake up, and the lady says, you shouldn't be alive. She says, you lost so much blood. We just have somebody that was stabbed two times, and they died. You got stabbed nine times, one in the heart. And you're alive. It's a miracle. So, you know, I knew it was a miracle, Bill. And so that was a just a life-changing experience for me. You know, when you have that type of encounter with God and, and you know that He's real, it just changes everything. It changes your perspective. It changes how you treat your family. It changes how you do your job. It, it's a game-changer forever because one of the biggest questions in life is answered, you know. And yeah. so many people wonder, is there a God? Is it true? You know, so many people try to convince us that, you know, there's no God that's a imaginary friend in the sky, um, mm-hmm. you know, as our culture moves more secular and away from God, trying to take away the godly principles such as the Ten Commandments and just the moral law, you know, and, and the, the Bible, uh, we, we see that our culture is moving away from that. And I really believe that's why God allowed me to have that encounter so I can share the good news about Jesus Christ. Yeah, exactly. And, and this is personal. I mean, this is something that you know, who can argue with you? I mean, this is a personal experience, much the same way as the blind man may not understand it. All I know, I was this way. Now I'm different. And the only difference was, was Jesus Christ in between, right? 
Yes, sir. That's exactly right. And and so for me, it's a no-brainer. And, uh, you know, as I get to go around the country and speak and just meet so many great folks and share this story and, and the good news about Jesus, I see, Bill, how many people are hungry and, and are looking for answers in our yes. culture, are looking for the truth. And so many people have so many different struggles that they're walking through, whether it be, you know, mental illness or drug addiction or addiction to so many different things, uh, you know, and, and they're looking for a true hope. And, and the truth is, is that we, we have the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. He is the hope. He's the hope for this nation. He's the hope for each and every one of us individually. Um, you know, God has a plan for all of our lives. And even in the midst of the chaos, and all the things that we're seeing, which are very egregious in our culture today, um, you know, there is a place where we can find rest and peace. That's their price. Got to go to break uh, just about 15 minutes after the top of the hour. Pastor Todd Coconado is with us, and we've got more from him and his story after this. And our conversation with Pastor Todd Coconado uh, continues, you know, from a, a child star in Hollywood to uh, now an evangelist uh, taking the message of God that he received after a near-death uh, experience after being stabbed nine times. What an incredible story. Uh, but he's been faithful to the call of God uh, ever since God said, look it, I've got a message for you. If you're going to live, then uh, we're going to put you to work for the kingdom. Are, are you up for that? And he says, yes, count me in. I'm 100% in. And uh, he's been nonstop ever since. Uh, as I said, stabbed nine times, met God, and returned with an ur- urgent message at a time when, um, as he was referring, this uh, this country and the people here amongst us, we're getting desperate in much the same way, Todd. You know, you think back in, in the 70s when there was quite the revival that took place during yeah. the Jesus movement. Uh, people were desperate then, and people are becoming more and more desperate and this is all in preparation. This is all part of the labor pains of people yeah. turning to God, because one of the key things that occurs uh, as desperation starts to be revealed, it, it has to do somehow with the things that we um, get out of priority. And and one of the things that we do get out of priority is uh, our love for money. And uh, yeah. and and you mentioned uh, God gave you some warnings about, about the U.S. dollar. What did He tell you? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you know a lot of people don't realize that the U.S. dollar has been the global reserve for our, our whole life. You know, mm-hmm. and this yes. it gives us certain benefits as Americans. You know, we're able to print money and get goods in return, which is a pretty remarkable thing. We could spend you know billions and billions of dollars on our military budget, and you know have the ability to sanction other nations. Well, what's happening now is there's a, a shifting world order. I personally don't think that it's intentionally being done. Uh, you know, if you think about it, I mean, there's always a way out. America has so many different things that we can do to turn this around if we have the right type of leadership right now. But instead, uh, you know, the BRICS nations are rising up, you know, uh, Brazil, exactly. Russia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and there's they're looking for an alternative to the dollar denomination. You see Saudi Arabia who is basically the holder of the petrodollar, even uh, expressing their interest to join the BRICS. So mm-hmm. uh, we're seeing a lot, of, a lot of changes right now, and I think within the next few years we could see some more uh, pretty significant. And if we were to lose the global reserve, we could lose up to 30% of the intrinsic value of our dollar overnight. So it's pretty significant, considering that we're already dealing with inflation. 
so this is a it's a matter of national security. It's a, it's a major major issue right now, and not a lot of people are talking about it. No, exactly. Well, we've been talking about it because here we are. We're at thirty-one point four trillion. We've hit the the debt ceiling. And of course, there's a debate raging. And the thing is, is that uh, if America loses the power of the petrodollar, as they say, um, right now, I think we're paying somewhere around six hundred billion dollars in interest. Okay, now that could that could hit a trillion real quick. You get rid of the petrodollar. And uh, right now, you know, the country is concerned. You hear these threats from the Democrats saying, well, you know, we have to pay our bills. We are in default on our bills and what that would cause. I mean, that that's really dangerous speak, you know, for them to put that out there, especially, as you say, the alignment of these nations that are very much anti-American. And they've had it with America being able to take advantage of the petrodollar for 70 plus years. And of course, China, who's made it real clear that they want to be the leading, uh, the leading force in the world, the number one country in the world. And they're making arrangements with Saudi Arabia and other countries to move off of the petrodollar and for them to come to the forefront. So the, the, you could say the stars are aligning in a way and they're not in, in a positive manner, um, you know, for America. That's right. And everything that you're saying has a spiritual significance as well. Exactly. Many people may, may be listening and saying, why is a pastor talking about this? Well, you know, if you read the Bible where it says that eventually there's going to be a mark of the beast that comes out uh, and you're not going to be able to buy or sell. Well, we, you know, our whole lifetime, it's never been more set up. I mean, they're talking about the central bank digital currency and bringing yeah. out digital currencies where even Tucker Carlson says, if that happens, we're done. What yeah. he means is that they're going to be able to track and trace everything we buy and sell and, of course, they would like to get rid of cash money at some point. So, you know, well, well, a little bit of example, Todd, real quick. Let me interrupt you just to, to bring some clarity and context for the people. We saw what happened in Canada with the truckers and the trucker strike, right? What you That's saw right. in Canada is just a, a mere sample of what could happen in the United States. That easy when the government controls. They control the car you drive. They control everything, and they flip a switch, and guess what? That car ain't moving. They flip a switch, and guess what? You, you don't have access to, to your money that's in the bank anymore. Uh, they track and those social credit score, because the thing is you got to listen to what the government is saying. Joe Biden, the rest of them, uh, so many that support this idea. They love what the communist Chinese are doing. Canada, uh, you know, Justin Trudeau, he, he looks at he looks at China, says they're the example. They're the world class standard of how to run a government with social credit scoring to, you know, monitor what their citizens are buying, how much and so on. And if they determine that, uh, look, at you've had your fill of meat this month. You can't buy meat. You go to use your your card at the grocery store and eh, it ain't happening. I mean, this is all, as you say, the, the ducks are in a row. They're starting to line up. And America, as far as all the China, the World Economic Forum, and other interests that have nothing to do with freedom, they're antithetical to the whole idea of freedom. Uh, they see America as the stumbling block that is in their way from keeping them from doing what they envision for everybody. And that is by, what is it, 20 2030, I think they said, that yeah. you will own nothing and you'll like it. That's right. What a dream, That's huh? What, yeah, well, that, exactly. They, they literally uh, show us what they're trying to do 
And uh, this is what our government is signing over. I mean, look at the World Health Organization, what they're trying to do with the sovereignty here in the United States. Of course. And then the ability, you know, to declare a pandemic. I mean, from a pastor standpoint, there's elements of doctrinal Christianity, you know, key doctrinal elements like marriages between a man and a woman. If you say that, to your point, Bill, at some point, just like Facebook jail, you know, where they censor you if you say the wrong thing on social media, they could take your finances and say, well, for 30 days or 90 days, you can't use your money. Uh, This is the type of thing that we're looking at, and that's why it's so concerning. And I believe it's high time that pastors get involved. You know, pastors need to speak out. Uh, We need to understand this is actually what's happening. But I do believe we could push back on this and maybe delay it or even, uh, you know, stop it. You know, there's other things. I mean, Texas talking about having their own currency that's gold-backed. There's other alternatives to some of these Mm -hmm. things that we're seeing, like, to your point, Bill, that the World Economic Forum would like to plunge us into right now. You know, but there are things that we could do. But we can't just sleep sleepwalk our way into this, you know. Not at all, because it's all heading to the final chapter of Revelations. Uh, they want a one-world government, but like all things uh, that come from the evil one, it's always you get the fake or, or you get you get the imposters, uh, the non-legitimate first. It's always the non-legitimate, and then you 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 get the legitimate. The legitimate is with Jesus Christ as the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. Yes. That one world government, not the one world government that Klaus Schwab is, is envisioning. That's right. That's right. The Yavar Noah Harari says there's going to be a new religion that comes out. He thinks that old religions need to go away. You know, that's that's a bunch of nonsense. It's from the pit of hell. We have the truth. We have the answer. And you, you said it exactly correctly, though. It's in Jesus Christ. And if this nation returns to him, and if the church, it says, if my people who are yes. called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith, God is looking for a people that will be a repentant people that will turn from the wickedness, turn from the complacency and the apathy and all the things that we've allowed for the last 30 plus years as we mm-hmm. see our country going off the moral cliff, you know. So we've got to turn back to God, and I believe if we do that, the Lord, oh, he's never out of resources, he's never out of solutions, uh, but he is the answer. And, you know, I, I listen, I support politicians that are, you know, voting our values and all that. Very, very important, very important. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think it's the church and the people of God. The spotlight is on us right now. What are we going to do as we see our nation in peril? I mean, look what's happening at the southern border right now as we speak. Exactly. It's just unbelievable. Right. You know, right. But we need to turn back to God. That is the message. And I believe if we do that, we will see the Lord heal us in our, and, in our nation. And, and people should not freak out because with every revival, there's a lot of pain that, that enters and is the entryway to revival. So things could be getting a lot worse here. But, yeah. you know, but God. And that's who we that's count right. on. We, you know, he is faithful, always faithful. And uh, so we need to draw nigh to God, especially during these times. I think that's that's the action statement and the action requirement for a time such as this. Right, Todd? We got 15 seconds left. I'm going to let you wrap it up. Yes, sir. If we repent, I believe that is the answer. That is the solution. Jesus is the hope of glory. And yes, there is hope. Thank God. But we need to turn back to him. That's the key. 